Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. It is another game week for our beloved New Orleans Saints as they are gearing up to head to Tampa Bay to take on their division rival Buccaneers for the second time this season. There is a lot to get into, so let's just go over everything. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. As I mentioned on Wednesday, yesterday I am going solo for this week, uh, but Tyler should be back pretty soon. But I thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Regardless, it is still going to be full of a lot of great content. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow Tyler at Raymond Tyler M. And to stay up to date with the podcast episodes, everything, all the updates, uh, that is at the WDD podcast. Um, now, of course, this is the second time the Saints are playing the Buccaneers this season, as that is the NFL rules for uh, any division teams playing each other year in and year out. Um, and the Saints won the first matchup handedly, 31-24. to It was not as close as the final score indicates. The Buccaneers got a garbage-time touchdown to Chris Godwin, or else it would have been a two-score game to end things. But... That doesn't mean the Buccaneers still didn't give up somewhat of a fight, especially after coming off of a uh, miraculous victory. Uh, I believe it was the week before this, uh, or a week before the first game that they played. Yeah, they beat the Rams 55-20 to exactly a week before they took on the Saints. Uh, And so the Saints had a lot on their plate. They were able to handle it, and that was, of course, with um, Teddy Bridgewater under quarterback. Um, So... With all of that being said, I actually, before we even get into anything about uh, the the current matchups between the teams, um, I wanted to go over some interesting tidbits of the team history. Um, We went over a little bit of the team history in the uh, first preview episode uh, for this team, and that was back in early October. Uh, It was October 6th is when the game dropped, so um, around October 3rd or 4th is when the preview episode dropped, but uh, we we went over a little bit of the team history, but the most interesting thing about this team, the history between these two teams, of course they play each other two times a year, uh, and, um, and that dates all the way back, well their first game playing together was all the way back in 1977, but they have been consistently playing each other. Uh, twice a year ever since 2002, uh, of course, when the NFC South uh, was formed. Um, And so since then, um, actually, sorry, all-time series, the Saints lead it 34-21. to um, And recently, it's actually been fairly back and forth. Uh, The Saints have won two in a row, uh, and that, of course, dates back to the December game they won back in 2018 over the Buccaneers. Uh, but before that, the Buccaneers had beat the Saints twice in a row as well. Uh, it started with the very surprising uh, season finale uh, of 2017 for the Saints and Buccaneers on uh, New Year's Eve, uh, where the Saints lost by a touchdown down in Tampa. And then, of course, even more shocking, the Saints lose by eight points to the Buccaneers at home to kick off the 2018 season, which we know how well the Saints did that season. Very surprising loss. Um, and then before, it, but so that's, Recently, two wins in a row for the Saints. Before that, it was two wins in a row by the Buccaneers. Before that, it was two wins in a row by the Saints. Uh, and then before that, it was win by the Bucks, win by the Saints, or yeah, win win by the um, yeah, win by the Bucks, win by the Saints, win by the Bucks again. Um, and the only big streak between these teams uh, since uh, they became uh, NFC South foes 
was from 2011 to 2014. The Saints won seven games in a row, including an overtime victory in 2014 against the Buccaneers back in October. Uh, but that was a seven-game win streak for the Saints. It started with their second game of the season against the Bucks in 2011 and went until their uh, second game against the Bucks all the way in 2014. Um, and the Saints won a majority of those games besides the overtime win, besides the final victory over them, uh, in very, very impressive fashion. 41-0 to back in 2012. Uh, there was a uh, 42-17 to win back in 2013. Uh, there was a 35-28 to win in 2012. Um, a couple of the scores were close, but for the most part, the Saints handed the Buccaneers, and rightfully so, the Buccaneers were in some, you know, some state of purgatory, kind of how they are right now. It just seems the Buccaneers always stay that way, but the Saints were able to beat up, beat up on them now. Uh, since the Buccaneers have gotten such a high-powered offense, it is difficult to consistently beat them so often as, as the Saints did in the mid-2010s, um, but the Saints have a two-game win streak going right now. Why not make it three? And, you know, wait until next season to, to carry that on. Uh, you just go season by season. If you can sweep them each season, that's two in a row, two in a row, two in a row. Uh, and, and before you know it, you're up to, you know, six or seven uh, wins against a division rival like that. So um, pretty awesome stuff. So, yeah, the Saints lead the all-time series 34-21. to 21. Um, Nice 13-game cushion over the Buccaneers and their all-time rivalry. Um, and over the season, of course, um, each team's record uh, on the year. The the Saints are coming into this matchup at seven and two, uh, coming off of a, uh, a definitely a, a surprising defeat um, at the hands of the Atlanta Falcons at home. It's still difficult to talk about, but if you want to check out that uh, review episode, uh, you of course can always, uh, go to the who that dish podcast page on Twitter or Apple podcasts or Spreaker and look at that. I go over, uh, pretty much everything there is to know about that game and why it went so wrong. Um, but, uh, with that being said, the Buccaneers are three and six and the saints are seven and two. Um, and they will be meeting up and Tampa Bay for the first time this season, first and only time this season, of course. Um, and the, the first game that the Saints won was in the Dome. Um, and let me pull something up. Uh, for the Buccaneers' schedule, um, they have, of course, beat the um, Rams, as I mentioned earlier in the season. Other than that, they really do not have that impressive of victories at all. In fact, they have a one-point loss to the lowly Giants, um, Four-point loss to the uh, Titans. Six-point overtime loss to the Seahawks, which was a great game, which they were very, very close to winning. Um, and that happened a couple of weeks ago. And then, of course, they had a very narrow three-point victory over the Arizona Cardinals last week in Tampa Bay. So they have a little bit of momentum. That was a very scrappy game. But out of that game came uh, a little bit of um, uneasiness for the Buccaneers. And I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but overall on the season, there is really nothing impressive about this Buccaneers team and the way they, they won game. Beating the Panthers on the first Thursday night football game of the season at that time was absolutely huge, um, especially, you know, after seeing uh, Panthers win week one. Um, or, uh, sorry, excuse me, after seeing what the Panthers have done since losing the first two games in a row with Kyle Allen. Um, that was that was 
very, very impressive for the Buccaneers and surprising to go into Carolina and beat the Panthers like that. Um, but we saw them be the first victim to the San Francisco 49ers in week one uh, to begin that amazing win streak by the Niners to open up the season. Um, and the Buccaneers just look sloppy as they always did. Uh, not very impressive win over the Panthers just because of the fact of how close it was with a hampered Cam Newton there at quarterback for the Panthers. Uh, one point loss to the Giants, which again could have been one uh, if, if special teams had done their job. Um, and then that win against the Rams is really the only one that sticks out. And it's not even that impressive anymore because of how much the Rams have fallen. Uh, of course, they went on a, a pretty massive uh, losing streak themselves. Um, week later, they lose against the Saints. Week later, after that, they uh, have an 11-point loss against the Panthers at home, and then they lose to the Titans on the road, Seahawks in overtime, and they finally got their third win of the season last week against the Cardinals, and they barely were able to edge it out. So um, the Saints still have a three-and-a-half, uh, uh, or excuse me, four-game lead uh, over the Buccaneers uh, in the division. And not too much to worry about at the moment. But getting this one solidifies the division tiebreaker for the Saints. It solidifies their leverage, full leverage on the Buccaneers. Um, and gets the team one win away essentially from eliminating the Buccaneers from even having any chance of winning the NFC South. And at that point, the Buccaneers will be very, very close to playoff elimination yet again for I don't even know how many years in a row at this point. But uh, the Saints got to take care of business on Sunday in Tampa Bay. Easier said than done, of course, with the Saints coming off of a uh, big-time loss, as I mentioned, in the Falcons. Be sure to go check out that episode. Now, for the injury report, which is what I wanted to get in. Um, and it's interesting because uh, a guy that won't be listed here on the injury report because he's no longer on the team, but he was such an integral part of the defense, is, of course, Vernon Hargraves. Uh, he was a 2016 first-round pick. Uh, out of Florida. He was a very talented college cornerback. Uh, he was projected as the one of the best, if not the best, cornerback uh, scout in, in the uh, uh, um, 2016 draft. And the Buccaneers took a chance on him on 11th overall. He did not impress his first year. He really hasn't impressed since. And Sunday against the Cardinals, even though they won, was the last straw. He got benched by head coach Bruce Arians for lack of effort. And obviously his his uh, poor play factored into that decision for Arians as well. Uh, but the effort was the big part that he was benched for. Um, lack of effort, lack of tackling, lack of really trying for his team uh, is what Bruce Arians saw. Now, of course, Hargraves has been picked up off a of waiver since then uh, by the Houston Texans, uh, who are building up uh, a pretty nice uh, rapport there of uh, cornerbacks. But uh, regardless, it is beneficial for the Saints to not have Hargraves out there, even though he was occasionally a liability there on defense he was their most talented cornerback in terms of coverage which isn't saying much they don't have much talent there in the secondary um but that's gonna make it easier for the saints and on top of that which leads me into the injury report for the buccaneers mj stewart who is slotted as their current backup uh on the left side with uh or backing up sean murphy bunting right now he is out for the game on sunday he is going to be missing it because of a knee injury. He did not participate in practice. Uh, and also two very important players, actually one starter and the guy backing him up, are also out for the Buccaneers. Anthony Nelson, 
um, who was the backup to Carl Nassib. Uh, outside linebackers there opposite Shaquille Barrett. They are both out for the game as well. Anthony Nelson and Nassib are both dealing with hamstring injuries that held them out of practice for a majority of this week uh, for the Buccaneers. Uh, Anthony Nelson is rookie out of Iowa, very talented pass rusher. Nassib, even more talented, the veteran. Him and Barrett actually early on in the season were tied for a couple of weeks for the most sacks by an NFL duo in the league. Um, And uh, like I said, veteran, Wiley, gets to the quarterback. And because of that... Uh, the Buccaneers are going to have to rely on uh, Kazin Daniels and as well as Jason Pierre-Paul, opposite of Shaquille Barrett. Now, Pierre-Paul usually backs up Shaquille Barrett there um, on the on the weak side, but he's most likely going to have to become that strong side outside linebacker on the right side um, and, you know, pick up some slack because he, of course, is, you know, the veteran, a little more talented than Daniels, and, and they're going to be throwing him out there. Sam Acho will also have to step up for the uh, Buccaneers, too, on the outside. But overall, this makes it easier for the Saints because they already shut down Shaquille Barrett week uh, the, the week that they played, and now they have one less problem, two less problems to deal with, with Nassib and Nelson on the other side. So now they can really focus, have Ramchek, uh, and whatever assistance he needs, he didn't need much when they first played, but whatever assistance he needs with shutting down Barrett, one of the top sack getters in the league this year, and handling everything else. Um, because the offensive line, even though it is hampered a little bit for the Saints, I still have a lot of confidence in these guys, uh, especially with the week of preparation for the, for for this Buccaneers team. And we'll get into the stats for this Bucks defense too in a minute. Um, but those are the only three ruled out guys for the Buccaneers. Um, they only have one other questionable player, and that's their uh, new starting cornerback, Carlton Davis. Uh, he is questionable with a hip injury, but he was full practice today on Friday, which usually means he's going to be good to go uh, on Sunday. Um, and also with full participation today, sounds like they're going to be ready to go. Um, starting tackle, DeMar Dotson. Um, he is the starting right tackle for the Buccaneers. He had a non-injury-related absence earlier this week in practice. He, he was a full participant. And then uh, Ali Marpet who is their starting left guard. He was a full uh, full participant today after uh, tweaking his ankle. Um, so it sounds like he'll also be ready to go for Sunday. And with all of that being said, let's actually I, I, let's go over the Bucks depth chart just real, real quick. Not much has changed since these teams have played, besides what I kind of just mentioned with the injuries and the cutting of Hargraves. But on offense, you still got um, uh, Jameis Winston leading the way for the Buccaneers. Um, running back, it is actually Ronald Jones, the second now starting for them, uh, with Peyton Barber backing him up. Of course, it is running back by committee, but Jones has been getting the bulk of looks, touches, and starts. Um, he's at least going to be seeing a majority of the starts now that he was officially named by Bruce Arians, um, and last week was his first start. So, shout out to him. He's been working his way up. Um, you also have a, a very scary receiving core. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin... Uh, and then you also have Cameron Bray and O.J. Howard there uh, for the Buccaneers that are all able to catch whatever pass comes their way from Jameis Winston. The chemistry is off the charts. Um, the play calling there for the Buccaneers as well under Arians has been very beneficial for the game of Jameis Winston, even though he has been still a high turnover guy. But, but I mean, with that being said, this offense is loaded with talent as opposed to the Saints offense, which relies on Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, and Michael Thomas, and and hoping that offensive line wins all the matchups. Um, For the offensive line, from left tackle to right tackle, Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, 
Ryan Jensen is the starting center. Alex Kappa and DeMar Dotson, that has not changed since the teams played originally uh, this season. And that is everything notable on offense. On defense, of course, you have Ndamukong Sue out there uh, first year with the Buccaneers after uh, playing a year with the Rams a season ago. Vita Vey there in the middle, talented, uh, I think, third-year guy out of University of Washington. Uh, and William Goldston. So Vita Vey, young guy, big guy. He is sandwiched by two veteran and uh, pretty athletic still for their for their age and size in William Golston and, and Dominic Sue. Um, Nassib and Nelson are, of course, out, so it's going to be interesting to see if Kazandanos gets the start or if they decide to put Jason Pierre-Paul over there. Uh, but regardless, he will be in the linebacking core with Devin White, Levante David, which is a great duo there. Devin White, the rookie out of LSU, who a lot of people love, of course, and then Levante David, uh, another great veteran leader there. Uh, and Shaquille Barrett. One of the top sack getters in the league. He's going to be headhunting for Drew Brees. Uh, Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy and Bunting, as long as both of them are completely healthy, will be the starting cornerbacks, backed up by uh, Jamil Dean, Ryan Smith, and Mazzy Wilkins now that MJ Stewart is out. Um, so they're going to have uh, five healthy corners on the roster for Sunday's game, and um, we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing if they decide to switch guys in and out. Uh, we'll see how the uh, Davis and Murphy Bunting perform. Um, I like Murphy Bunting coming out of uh, college. He's got good length. He's got good um, intangibles. Uh, but we'll see how it translates on the field. And then, of course, I like both their safeties as well. Mike Edwards, uh, the rookie out of Kentucky, and then Jordan Whitehead uh, on playing the free safety spot for them. They have uh, Bradley Pinion as the punter, Matt Gay as their kicker, who has been lights out recently, um, and their punt and kicker turner is T.J. Logan. Uh, who is a fourth-string running back as well for them. So that is the Bucks' depth chart. Uh, that is the team's head-to-head matchups. That's the injury report um, and the season history so far. Now I want to get into the actual per-game stats uh, for each team. Starting on offense, and, and, and I love going over these because it really shows where both teams have performed so far per game coming into this. Um, we get to see where they focus their strength, where their some of their weaknesses are. Um, also takes into account uh, the competition they've played as well throughout and and and, and the roster too. Um, so starting with offense, passing yards per game, the Saints are ninth in the league, 260.7 yards per game. The Bucks are fifth at 284.2. Uh, now, if you remember last season with a mixture of Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston uh, playing quarterback, they actually led the league in passing all last year. They are, they are fifth this season. Uh, Saints not, not too far behind. Uh, rushing, the Saints are 17th. They average 107.3 yards per game on the ground, and the Bucks are only two spots behind at 19th. They average a little over 101 yards per game on the ground. So uh, pretty decent. Hopefully the Saints are able to get even more than 108 rushing yards because that was their formula for winning with Teddy Bridgewater. And even though this uh, Buccaneers rush defense is awesome and pass defense is awful, the ground game needs to get going for the Saints. I'll get, I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, total, which makes total yards per game. The Saints are 14th in the league, averaging 368 yards per game, and the Buccaneers are seventh, averaging 385.6 yards per game. Uh, scoring uh, also goes in favor of the Buccaneers. The Saints are 16th, averaging 22.7 points per game. The Bucks are third; they average nearly 29 points per game. Uh, but the the Saints are tied for first with the Arizona Cardinals in least amount of turnovers in the game. Uh, or, or in the league, which is fantastic. They only have six on the year, five interceptions, one fumble loss. The Buccaneers are second to last. They are the 31st team 
uh, in terms of taking care of the ball on offense. They have 21 turnovers. That's 14 interceptions and 7 fumbles lost. Wow. Um, Sacks given up. Uh, also goes in big favor of the Saints. They are tied ninth with 18, and that includes the six they gave up last week against Atlanta alone. Had they not given up six against Atlanta, if they only gave up one, they would still be top three in the league in, in sacks given up on the year. Just think about that. Um, and the Bucks are all the way at tied 27. They've given up 34 sacks per or the, on, uh, for the entire uh, season. Uh, that's almost double what the Saints have all year. Uh, this is absolutely crazy. Um, so on offense, uh, Buccaneers have somewhat of a, an upper hand in total volume, but as far as efficiency, the Saints definitely have the upper hand, and most most teams have an upper hand over the Buccaneers. When you have Jameis Winston as your quarterback, and that's what I don't under I I understand, and and I'm really only bringing this up because I have been hearing about that Jameis Winston. I don't I I, I don't think it's a burner account uh, from the GM. There's no way he has that much time on his hands, but of course there there's a rumor. Uh, there's an ad on Twitter, Jameis one of one, which just sucks uh, Jameis Winston off every single day. Uh, the rumor coming out, and uh, some people did a little bit of research and, and might have verified this, but I, I still don't think it's completely true. But um, the GM for the Buccaneers, Jason Licht, is reportedly the man behind the Jameis one of one Twitter account. There's now a book out uh, that, I guess, goes over the trial and tribulations of Jameis Winston and him struggling to, I guess, um, be a decent quarterback in the NFL. Essentially, just defending Jameis and saying, if you just look at the stats, you're you're missing the whole picture for Jameis Winston and how good of a quarterback he is. Um, But to me, all of that is malarkey. I mean, hopefully that's not Jason Licht writing it, because if it is... He is calling himself out for not building around Jameis. Because I do think this Buccaneers team would be better under Jameis Winston if they got the proper support around him. They definitely have the wide receiver core, the pass catchers around him that they need. Their offense is nice, but uh, needs a much better offensive line for protection that will limit some of the mistakes Jameis has. Um, But I still think Winston is too much of an erratic passer. I still think he's too bad of a decision maker overall. Um, And I still don't think he's durable enough to be not only an an elite quarterback in the like like top 10 in this league which he was number one overall draft pick four years ago he should right by the laws of the nfl and and how things work if he's still starting for that same team he should be approaching that top 10 if he's living up to his height he he should be in the top 10 discussion at this point winston isn't anywhere near that um and so you know at some point you got to go where is his potential uh, is, is it gone finally? Is he still going to be able to build up to it? Um, the Buccaneers have done not the best job, again, at surrounding him, but he is so erratic. We saw it at Florida State, too. Yeah, he just had a lot of turnovers. He turns the ball over. He's, he's not very smart sometimes. He doesn't think. He makes errant passes. He uh, refuses to, to throw out of bounds or slide sometimes. Um, you can't make it in the NFL as a quarterback like that. So, I can defend Jameis Winston being a, a starter and the fact that he can learn, still learn from these mistakes that he's he's had. And if he does go to a new team with, with new surroundings, that possibly could benefit him. But I don't think he's nearly, nearly efficient enough to be a regular starter in this league. Um, and I think the Saints will have another heyday with him and, and hopefully get to him quite often because having watching the defensive line be manhandled like we did on Sunday, that, that that's not fun. 
and I don't want to see that again against this sorry offensive line. It's not going to happen. Uh, for defense, passing, the Saints are 11th in the league. They only sacrifice 225.8 yards per game in the air. The Buccaneers, dead last. I told you how bad their secondary was. 298.9 yards per game sacrificed through the air. Almost 300 yards of opposing team's offense on average comes from passing against the Buccaneers week in and week out. That is crazy. Rushing defense, the Saints are 6th. They only sacrifice 90.8 yards per game. The Buccaneers are first in the league. They only sacrifice 77.8. Now, part of that has to do with, uh, you know, the shootouts that they've had with a few teams, including the Rams. Um, but the Buccaneers' defense, defensive front, led by Sue and Vita Vey, who they drafted for this very reason of, of great run support, great, you know, taking up double teams in the middle. Vey is paying off for that. Uh, they only sacrifice 77.8 rushing yards per game. That's three yards less than the great rush defense the Saints had last year that tied for first in the league with Chicago. They they gave up about 80 yards per game rushing, close to 81. Uh, the Buccaneers are at 77.8 right now. There's still a few games left to play, but that's still massively impressive. And it shows the night and day version of this defense for the Bucks Now, they have the number one rush defense, number 32 pass defense, which and and, and just by you know how, how teams stack up, that puts them at 25th in the league in total yards per game given up on defense at 376.7. The Saints are fifth. Saints defense has been balling. Uh, 316.6 yards per game they sacrifice. Scoring, the Saints are tied 10th. They sacrifice 20.2 points per game, um, and they average 22.7. So the Saints are winning each game by an average of, of two points or, or, you know, they, they outscore their opponents by an average of two points. If you take all the averages throughout, it's not bad. The Buccaneers, again, dead last in the NFL tie or not even tied 32nd. They sacrifice 31 points per game and they score t- almost 29. So on average, they lose by two points per game. Um, so you got the number one scoring offense and number 32 scoring defense. You're not going to win games, especially in this league. Uh, for takeaways, the Saints are tied for 24th. They only have 10 takeaways, um, which is is not cool because that would really help out their offense if they were even in the top 20 in the league. Because of course the off the offense is tied for first in the league in least amount of takeaway or uh, giveaways. Uh, defense is tied 21st. They have four interceptions, six fumble recoveries for a total of 10, and that makes the turnover differential plus four for the Saints, which puts them about the middle of the pack of the league. I think they're about 17th. So. Uh, and for the um, Buccaneers, they are tied for seventh in takeaways. They have 15 total, six interceptions, nine fumble recoveries. It's pretty impressive, and of course that has to do with uh, uh, that great linebacker duo of of uh, Levante David and Devin White, but also Vita Vey, Golston, Sue up front there, plug, uh, you know, plugging up holes, ripping out the ball. Um, just just scrappy wins are 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 how the Buccaneers are, are trying to get things done now. Um, and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, I, I love it. Saints just need to be aware of it. Sacks. The Saints are tied for 12th. They have 25 sacks on the year, and the Buccaneers are 19th. They have 21. At one point, the Buccaneers were top five for a few weeks in a row, and they've slipped all the way to 19th, but uh, you still can't sleep on their uh, on their pass rush. Even even with uh, Nelson and, and Nassib out, uh, they, they, they still have the opportunity to get a couple of sacks on Drew Brees there. So uh, the Saints will still have to be aware. Um, so those are the stats, and it is going to be a shootout most likely. I mean, almost every game with the Buccaneers is a shootout. 
Um, but I think uh, this game will be down in Tampa. The Buccaneers are de- desperate to get a win to stay alive in things. The Saints are desperate to get a win to bounce back from the embarrassing home defeat against the Falcons. Something's got to give. Um, and, of course, the Buccaneers are going to be very hungry uh, to beat the Saints team and not lose three games in a row to these guys. So, um, with all that being said, I've covered a majority of it. Uh, personally, here are my three X factors for the game, and you guys can tweet me at Dayton underscore Brown underscore and let me know your X factors. If they're different, the same, or whatever with mine, whether you agree or disagree, let me know. Um, number one, get two picks and a fumble recovery at least. Um, more possessions for Drew and that offense, the better. Uh, we're going to need to take the ball out of Winston's hands, whether that be through the air uh, or, or, or knocking it out of his hand uh, during a pass rush. I think two picks and a fumble recovery will, of course, not only lead to more points um, for the Saints, but it's, it's going to control the tempo. It's going to help uh, the Saints with time of possession, which is everything that they could not do against Atlanta um, last week. Even though they did get an interception, it was a little too late in the game to make a difference. And it's very easy to make Jameis Winston make mistakes, as I mentioned. Number two X-Factor. Kamara needs at least 20 or more total touches. He got 12 total touches last game. Only four of those were rush. So I I would prefer him get 20, to, 20 or more total touches this game and at least 15 of them being rushing attempts. He's only rushed for 16 uh he's only rushed 16 times in a game twice in his career and they both came earlier this year he is coming off of an ankle injury but it sounds like he's 100 healthy he's not even being I, let me let me just double check real quick because I didn't, I didn't finish the full uh injury report for the saints um because we got a we got a few guys out i, I totally slipped on that but um camaro isn't even showing up in the injury report and speaking of the injury report most of you already know this deontay harris marshall Lattimore, andres p are all out Pete has that broken arm that he's going to be out for six weeks. Lattimore has a strained hamstring. Like I mentioned in, in yesterday's episode, who knows when he'll be able to return from that. He's definitely going to be out Sunday. And then Deontay Harris, um, he also has an hamstring injury. He is a very important special teams guy for us. Of course, the primary kick and punt returner. Um, and so now we're going to have to see uh, what other guys are going to be able to do to step up. The main reason we kept Deontay Harris on the roster is for his special teams value almost period because he's rarely played his true position of wide receiver there for the saints um so that might sting patrick robinson had a full practice sounds like he's gonna be good to go sunday which is good we need the depth with Lattimore out demario davis and zach line were each limited uh line has a knee injury davis has a hamstring injury on friday so most likely they will be good to go on sunday but at this point they are questionable um so, and, and also on top of that, Latavius Murray needs at least 10 touches for the Saints, too. I mean, the, the guy did way too well with Kamara being out those, those uh, couple of games to not um, not have Murray uh, continue to touch the ball and be an integral part of this offense. My third and final X factor, it's so simple. Win the trenches. I mean, that's, that's how we got embarrassed against Atlanta. The, the, the Saints were lackadaisical on offense there, on, on the line. They allowed Drew Brees uh, to get sacked six times. And again, part of that does have to do with the coverage the Falcons were showing to, to have Brees hold on to the ball much longer than he normally does. Uh, but Brees was still wheeling and dealing um, uh, for a majority of the game. The Saints' offensive line just sputtered at the worst times. And you can't do that against this Buccaneers defense. It's great pass rush. And also, number one rush defense in the league. Open up some holes for Kamara so that the Saints' offense is confident again in his ability to 
uh, be the primary guy and, you know, carry the load. Um, and the defensive line needs to get after Winston. They need to get some sacks. You can't... You, the standing around needs to stop. The jogging needs to stop. This defensive line needs to amp it up. They need to look like monsters. And that's not happening. It's very frustrating. Those are my three X factors. Like I said, let me know if you agree or disagree. And without further ado, my score prediction for this game. I wanted to make it a little bit more of a a cushion game for the Saints, but I think it's going to be tough. Again, both teams are hungry for a win for different reasons. Um, Bruce Arians can instill confidence in any team, and I think the Buccaneers are going to be going out there fighting for him. Anytime you fight for your head coach with that in the back of your mind, you play just a little bit harder. And that may be hard for the Saints, but the Saints will be laser-focused in on getting a win, and I trust my Saints over any team in the NFL when it comes to something like that, bouncing back from from an embarrassing loss. So with that being said, my score prediction for the game, I have the Saints winning this thing 31-30. 31-30 is my final score prediction. I'll have some sort of poll or tweet out on uh, at the WDD Podcast. Be sure to check that out. Let me know if you agree or disagree, and give me a score prediction of your own uh, if you feel so inclined. I would love that. But uh, that is all the time I have for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spreaker. I'll talk to you guys soon. Win, loss, or draw. We will have a review episode of this game out next week. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, who dat?